Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for another episode of Beer with Marketeers, formerly Beer with Darren, but changed for SEO purposes. Today I am joined by the absolute legend that is Ricky Weirdo of Cube19, a former colleague of mine, an all-round great guy. Ricky, thank you so much for joining me, sir. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm surprised that Beer with Darren isn't a globally searched term, a top 10 Google search term. It's disappointing, <laughs> but apparently you need to have marketing in there if you're trying to reach marketers. That's... Uh, that's a big thing. I'll tell you a quick question, actually, before we jump into things. Marketer or marketeer? Um, I don't think anyone uses marketeer. No one uses the double E, so it's marketer. Um, but I don't, think people, I don't think marketeers refer to themselves as marketeers. In which case, we need to change the title again then, don't we? Because beer with marketeers doesn't actually work for SEO. We've got to change it to beer with marketers, which doesn't actually rhyme. Yeah, you put me on the spot there, but I'll, I'll be doing beer with marketing something. What do they see themselves as? You need to relate to that. Okay, well, we're, you're here. What do you see yourself as? <laughs> how, did, how did you end up where you are? And what do you see yourself as? Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's take a step back before we get too deep. Um, do you mind, for people that don't know, don't know you, um, would you mind just giving a quick intro to yourself and how you got into the world of recruitment tech? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been doing marketing for about 20 years, believe it or not. Um, I started my career at a web design company when people didn't used to have websites. That's how old I am. And at the start, I really just concentrated on, on the coding of front-end websites and stuff like that. So you're, you're old enough to remember the blink tag though, right? And the, the marquee tag where you can make things move across. That was yeah. pretty cool, yeah. wasn't it, back then? Yeah, so I started coding. At the same time, I used to do a bit of DJing. Um, so I was running quite big events in, in my early 20s as well. So I think between the two of those things, you know, I, I really sort of worked out that I liked, I liked digital marketing. I liked event management. Um, so then I, I got a job as the third employee at Broadbean, where obviously we met. Um, I was at Broadbean for eight years. We grew that to 150 people, I think, by the time I left. We sold it to DMGT. I had a little break. Um, I presume most people know what Broadbean is, but it's a job posting distribution system where Darren, you know, started his career as well, pretty much. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was my first, my first proper job, you know, as a junior, junior developer, even though I failed IT. You know, it's... Uh, it's a great company to work for. And when we, when we worked there, I'll tell you what, it was the best time of my like, working career. I don't know about you. We had some great times there. I agree. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Young, young fun and didn't know, have a clue, but we, we made it work. and We worked bloody hard. But we had a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, you've got to take a lot of, a lot of the credit for putting Broadbean's name on the, on the map, right? There was, some, there was some interesting campaigns, which we won't go into, but there was a lot of very, very good campaigns as well that I think at the time stood them out from the crowd. Um, do, you, do you mind casting your eye back to some of the, your favourites? Yeah, I mean, we, these are the days where we used to do a lot of print advertising. Um, so, you know, a lot, all the magazines were delivered to the recruitment agencies. Um, and we kicked off with a Love the Bean campaign. We had people hugging beans and, and stuff. And then we, we sort of developed that idea. And we just really set ourselves out from the crowd from from the from the very moment we started advertising because a lot of the recruitment companies the recruitment well not recruitment companies sorry recruitment software companies tech companies were very very stuffy that you know they they marched themselves like they were lawyers or accountants it was quite 
dull um, and no one really stood out. And I, I think we really, we really positioned ourselves as this sort of young, cool, you know, new kids on the block, even against our, our people that were doing exactly the same service and offering with us. That coupled with, you know, I think, I think the, the crown in, in, in Broadbeans, or the star in, in Broadbeans crown was really the, the custom service. Um, and the company started, you know, the, on the post-it note, was nothing was a hassle. And, um, you know, we made a rod for our own backs because people would phone us up and get us to, you know, write job adverts for them. And, you know, support was a bloody yeah. nightmare. But, but it, was, it was really the support. Um, and then the brand was an extension of that. But we, we hired young people. Everyone we hired was pretty much was fairly inexperienced. I mean, me, me and, you know, the CEO, Dan McGuire, who I work with today, um, most of the management team were just young people. We didn't have vast experience of, of managing teams or growing companies. Um, and as a young person, it's difficult to hire, you know, old, much older people or much more senior people. So uh, as a result, you know, us being young, we, we, we just hired a really, really young team. Every, you know, we had client services directors that were in their early 20s. We had a marketing director. I was in my early 20s. Um, you know, and it wasn't until, you know, we, we sort of built, built the company, we, we grew, we had massive growth for the first three years. Um, and then once we started getting bigger, there's a lot more software operations, we started expanding internationally. That's when we started bringing more people in. Kelly, the original founder came in as, I think CEO at the time, Stuart Parsmore came in as the FD full-time. So that's when we really started hiring adults. <laughs> <laughs> they, love, they love you referring to them as the adults, but yeah. you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, and coming back to that service bit, I, you know, I remember when, like, if a customer had an issue with a job board, we would be the ones that actually took on the communication with a job board to solve it. And it, so many times I've said to people, why am I emailing this person when it's not our problem? Like, should we not just be sending them to do it? But we didn't. We took it on our shoulders. We did it. And me, I'm with you. That was one of the one of the reasons for the success of the company, but also the brand position, the the, the marketing, I think was was key. And I don't want to you know big you up too much, but you managed to take a name like Brawlbean, let's be honest, which is an odd name, and make it a household name in the recruitment world, right? Which is uh, yeah. fair play to you, sir. Fair play to you. We, we had a lot of freedom and, uh, and we had a lot of fun with it, um, is the truth. Yeah. And now you're at Cube 19, right? Which is very, very different because it's a, it's a grown up company. I want to say that, like, you know, from the outside looking in, your marketing is very, very serious. What do Cube 19 do? Um, so Cube 19, we, we, we help people use data to make their business more effective, specifically staffing firms. Um, so, so we believe that data is, you know, using data is the foundation for elite performance. If you, if you want to grow, if you want to be successful, if you want to build better teams, more successful business, then, then data sits at the heart of that. And our platform helps people unlock data insights that help all of their, their team from CEO to, to recruit to be more effective. Which, as you can tell from that, the marketing is very, very different to the likes of a, a Broadbean, right? Or even Pager, you know, it's a very different type of marketing. So how have you, how have you changed in yourself to be able to market Cube19 versus the Broadbean as well, versus what you, everything else you've done in your career? Um, that's an interesting question. I mean, we're still... How have I changed? 
it's just it's it's very different you know we're we're, we're targeting um we're targeting ceos we're, we're targeting you know people with a data mindset um but again we we still do stuff in, in a good way and i, I, th I think it all, always comes down to to you know value you know what what value you get are, are, you, are you giving out um so from a marketing person you know what can they get from follow us on social oh sorry marketing um perspective what do they get from following us on social what do they get from receiving emails to us what do they get from, from visiting our website so i think i think fundamentally the rules of marketing stay the same um but you know the the sort of more bullshy marketing -y, you know full-on stuff that, that you can get away with or you know that, that we've got whatever broad bean is less less applicable work in my team that that said you know we have a lot of fun with our customer events um you know we we, we have some fun with our newsletters we we do get um personality into those things it's just just a, just a it's just a different different sort of um different kettle of fish really <laughs> yeah i know but and it is right but you've got to market to your buyer persona you, you know your persona's changed so your marketing's got to got to fit that right it's um has, has your marketing changed over the last year with covid how's covid affected you guys um i mean 2020 wasn't without its challenges and q19 service the full marketing spectrum so all all companies and and on a global scale um, so as you'd expect, some of our customers and prospects were badly hit. Um, I think the fortunate thing is we've got large exposure to a lot of industries that, that weren't really affected by, by COVID-19. If you think about health, life sciences, engineering, some of the some tech like fintech, clean tech, you know, some of the IT sectors, they're just, you know, those programs need to continue. They, they're, they're heavily funded, they're, they're well backed. Um, so overall, you know, we had to make some serious maneuvers around how we service our customers and the service offering that, 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 that we provide. Um, but, but we fared well. I mean, to, if I'm being completely honest, we had a record sales year. Um, which, is, which is crazy to hear right absolutely crazy but it's interesting because you know we've grown through covid as well because i think everybody had that moment to take a breath inside the recruitment business and say what do i actually want my business to be like next year you know this year i'm, I'm not going to have a great year this year fair i accept that but next year i've got to have a cracking year so what do i need to get in place what's the pieces of the puzzle to make this a success and tech's been a big part of that, right? So if you want data, right? You want data to be able to drive your business forward. You want marketing to drive your business forward. So you look at tools like Pager. But for me, it gave everyone that moment to actually step back from the business rather than working in the business, they could work on the business. And I think that's what's led to record sales. I think that's what's led to record sales. Or it could be your marketing. I'll let you decide. <laughs> we, we, we were quite fortunate. Um, I mean, I... I and again, it was not not. I'm not taking full responsibility or even responsibility at all for it. But back in 29, we 2019, we realised we had a challenge. Um, and really, I mean, we see when it when it comes to using data, we see uh, companies kind of fit into three categories. So you've got the data curious, and the data curious at some level they're using data, whether it's whiteboard spreadsheets, historical accounting reports using data at a very sort of you know small level 
Then you've got the data conscious. So the data conscious, they know they need to do X to produce Y. They're setting KPIs, they're setting targets, they're looking at data to make their, their business more effective. Um, and then you've got data driven, which is we're going to work the best jobs, the best customers, the biggest opportunities with the least work. It's that elite performance, hyper growth mindset. Um, and the product we had in 2019 was very much catered for the data driven. It was a full scale enterprise reporting platform with every bell and whistle. And it was too much to take on for the people in the, in the data curious and, and data conscious. It was too big an investment of time. Um, it was just too much for them. Um, and so we knew looking at sales pipeline, close rates, um, just our overall customer growth, um, that not everyone needed the full blown reporting platform. Um, so we'd already made quite big developments or big strides in, 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 in doing these sort of um, more cost effective, less commitment from time and energy and all the rest of it packages. Um, so we were ready to launch those, you know, pretty soon into 2020. Um, but, you know, having, you know, more cost effective, cheaper packages with less commitment, lower implementation fees, with less, less to do to get up and running and, and, and get the best out of the system. Um, it meant that, you know, that those customers have come on and then they've grown with us. We've grown their knowledge, you know, over time. You, you turn them into data driven. So they were, you know, they were yeah. curious, <laughs> conscious, driven. And, and we see we see upgrades to that, that effect. Um, so I'd, I'd really say, you know, the, the steps we made there early before, you know, the COVID even, even happened was a big reason why we were so successful um, in, in, in 2020, actually. Perfect, yeah. And, and it's nice when it all comes together, right? It's, uh, it's a group effort. <laughs> Very nice, especially, especially this time. It's nice, to, it's nice to hear a good story, to be fair, right? It's nice to hear companies being successful despite everything that's going on. Um, what's what's the relationship like between marketing and sales internally at Cube? Um, I think there's there's an old saying, isn't there, that everyone's in sales. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's different. It's, I think everyone's in marketing. Well, yeah. no, this, the thing I was going to say, when you're a receptionist, a road sweeper, a CEO, everyone's in sales. And I think we're very lucky at Cube 19. It's not by chance that everyone knows that they're an extension of the marketing team. And right. I think when you're in a very, you know, we're in not so much your business, but certainly the people that might be listening to this, it's very heavily service and sales orientated environment. And I think it's, it, you've got to be realistic that marketing can't do everything, you know? Um, so in Q19, you know, we've got a customer success team. They, they do all of our learning zone, you know, I'm going to give you some ideas here. <laughs> Come on, I'll get my pen and pad. Where's my pen and pad? All right. I'm um, ready. I've got a pencil. But, but we've got our, we, our customer success team that write a lot of our, our content around the best uses of our product. You know, no cool stuff you can do in a recruitment firm. They actually generate about 7% or 8% of our total website traffic from, from the stuff they, they do there. Um, our sales team are all committed to, to certain aspects of social and sharing and liking and, you know, it's all scheduled in their calendars of, of what they do and when and, and, and how that all works to support us. And that goes right up to the CEO um, in terms of they're committed to helping um, marketing be more effective, you know, at CEO level or 
um, chief revenue officer level. They're the guys going out, um, finding the case studies, doing a lot of the interviews because they've already got existing relationships. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fair to say Q19, despite what you, how it might appear, we're, we run a very, very skeleton marketing team. Mm. Um, and we've got a very, very, um, I don't want to say small, but, you know, very limited sort of marketing budget and, and, and resource. Um, but that doesn't mean to say we're not a very powerful marketing function because every, everyone comes in and, or everyone, everyone helps. You know, I, no, I, I completely get what you mean because it's interesting here. Like we talk about content creation, right? And what we've got here is uh, Cameron side his own podcast. Rowett started a talk show, refused to call it a podcast. It's absolutely a podcast. Um, but what that does is it feeds, it feeds Emily, you know, our marketer, marketeer, however you want to say it with content every single week you get that content coming to you rather than you having to sit there and go right i've got to write a thousand word blog article this week and it needs to be this and it's got to have a call to action at the end you know with internally in the business you can provide the content that's the fuel right everything else is just i guess you're the car right and you need the fuel yeah i think i think there's two sides of it you know they, they all commit to that but from a marketing perspective we we commit as well um so for example you know with with the cs team we report on their views clicks website visits leads generated you know the time of the page we know the percentage of website visits we're, we're, we're looking at the performance we've got a commitment to make sure we do the utmost to get that content eyeballs you know so we it's not just uh, you know you do stuff for us and we'll check on the website we, we're also committed to them um which is why it works you know it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a two-way way thing and I, th I think that's that's really important because that's the, i think if someone can write a blog and then you absolutely maximize the exposure the impact the performance you let them know how that affected your business then they're going to be much more likely encouraged motivated to, to to carry on doing that that sort of activity for you Definitely. And I think what you just described there is what everybody dreams of, right? Because there's so many marketers out there that don't have the buy-in of the CEO. They don't have the sales team, you know, the support team doing things with them, brainstorming ideas. It's, it's like what everybody dreams of. And uh, what's your advice to somebody that's new to marketing or in that sort of role where I just described where they feel like they're fighting a, a battle to, to get buy-in? You, you need to bring it back to business objectives. You know, particularly in a recruitment firm, there's only a few things you're really trying to <laughs> trying to do. You're trying to find new clients. You're trying to get new jobs. You're trying to generate good candidates. You know, so if you if you align, you know your you know what what's the what's the objective? What what outcome are you looking for? Which is going to relate to one of those things, really. Um, and then. You know how are you going to do it and what does success look like you know yeah. because it, with that what does success look like if you that immediately changes your mindset to say how am i going to work out if this thing's adding value um so i think where where a lot of you know more junior or less well supported uh, marketers fall down is they spend a lot of time doing activity but there's really no way of them knowing what impact it had, what it didn't have, whether it pushed the needle forward, did it help get more jobs, did it help get more candidates, you know, that type of thing. Um, 
once you can show that, once you get into that mindset, then, then it changes everything. Because from the outset, you go, well, this is my objective. Then you go, well, is that activity the best way to achieve that, number one? You know, or, you know if we want to get new, new clients, what, what, are, what are our two or three or four best strategies? You know, if you're going to the recruiters or CEOs going, I've got these ideas around attracting new clients, what's your input? What's the recruitment agency's input? You know, it changes it. It, it, it gets their buy-in, number one. But then you go, well, how do we measure it? Well, this is where you, come, you get back into data. You go, how am I going to know if that's brought on a customer or a prospect? What access, what data do I have access to? Do I, am I able to have your placement data? Can I log into your, your LinkedIn account and see, you know, who replied to these, the, that, you know. It, it just yeah. opens a whole new world because you'll say, look, I want to be accountable. I want to know if what I'm doing is working. You know, so we're aligning it to business goals. We, we, we're aligning it to, you know, track whether it, it reports. And I think as, as you start to get into that, you will begin to gain, that, that's the first step to gaining respect from the people not being classed as the colouring department or the rest of it. You go, you, you're trying to move the business forward. What's the most effective way for us to do that? How are we going to monitor and, and uh, you know, how are we going to know if we're doing that and how are we going to improve in the future? Yeah, I completely agree. And it's interesting you mentioned the current in department. Obviously, we've got a bit of a, a campaign at the moment to get rid of these terms. Um, the most, the one that I hate the most is the marketing girl, right? So you must have heard that term in your career. What does it make you feel when you hear someone say, this is for the marketing girl? Um, what's your views on that? I'll be honest. I mean, it doesn't... I'm not particularly offended by that because I, but for many years I, I was the marketing guy you know I, I don't think a girl or guy is particularly derogatory in my, in my in my world I'm more offended by getting asked to do dog shit tasks yeah. that aren't marketing you know I, I've got a bigger bug in my bear about you know doing getting asked to do bullshit admin PA not me but my team being asked yeah. to be office managers, PAs, freaking, you know, that bugs me more than necessarily, you know, marketing guy, marketing girl, colouring department, you know, get, just having a bit of respect. And I think respect comes from a lot of, you know, what you're asked to do and what you're asked to be involved with and what information you're given access to. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, Absolutely. It's, no, I completely get it. Pet peeve of mine, but I'm sure a lot of people would disagree, and you know, everyone's welcome to their opinions on that. Well, yeah, I mean, the reason so the reason it came to my attention was pretty much when I was, you know, if we go back to when I was doing calls and stuff like that, I still do the odd one here and there. But when I used to speak to a prospect and I said, Oh, yeah, this is from a marketing girl, nine times out of ten, that, that meant they were a bad customer, you know, nine times out of ten. Um, yeah. Just because it, it showed they didn't, they didn't value marketing, it wasn't going to be something that was top of their agenda, they weren't data driven in one of your personas, you know, they weren't marketing driven as well. Um, which is, which yeah. is always interesting. Oh, I, I get that. Um, you know, the, the reality is, uh, you know, you, you can't paint the recruitment industry with, with a tarnishing with one brush, but there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of recruitment agencies that historically were heavily, heavily male orientated, you know, so it, it was natural that all the support, you know, whether that's op support, marketing support, reception support was historically girls you know just to bring girls in into the business and this is going back you know quite a few years so i feel like 
every, I, I feel like we're in a totally new place, new era, new respect and, and all the rest of it now. And it's not a new thing. This has been going on for many years. But I still do think there's that historical draconian, you know, view in, in some agencies. But but what we're seeing is actually, we, we're, we're, I mean, Q19 specifically, we're working with some fantastic, really forward-thinking, um, brilliant staffing agencies that, you know, are, are really changing the perception in their markets. Um, but again, we we work we we work with a lot of great great companies. We're, we're very lucky, so we we see a bit less of that. But as I say, I, I can see why it would cause you offence. Yeah, absolutely. So, last question for me: um, What role does social media marketing play in Q19 strategy at the moment? Uh, well, social media is absolutely huge. It's where our customers and prospects live. It's where they spend time. So we have to be there. We have to represent ourselves well there. And that's a brand level and a personal level. Um, again, I, I don't think it's, you can look at social media in a, in a silo. You know, it's, it's all part of the brand. It's all part of distribution. It's all part of awareness. It's one of, one of the streams. Um, but without doubt, it, it's exceptionally important and, you know, I, I'd miss it if it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I tried to come I, off LinkedIn. I'm still not on Instagram or Facebook. Or I'm not very good at the personal stuff. I get a bit... It's, it's funny though. So most marketers I know don't actually do much on their own social, like their own personal stuff. I think it's because they see it as work. I don't know. It's, it's an odd one. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I do some, I write a bit of content sometimes, but as I say, the, the whole, I used to do Facebook just to show, you know, distant relatives, the kids growing up and stuff like that. But I've never been one to document my life and what I'm doing. I like to keep that a bit private. Yeah, I mean, well, over the last year, we haven't been doing much anyway, so not much no, to put exactly. on there. Or you're watching on TV tonight. <laughs> Netflix again. <laughs> right, thank you so much for joining. But where can people connect with you online? Um, if it's not Facebook and Instagram, I'm assuming you're on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the place. LinkedIn is the place, yeah. So... Perfect. Yeah, so if anyone's got any uh, follow-up questions for Ricky, just connect on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining me, and I uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon. No problem. Thanks a lot, Darren. Take care. Cheers. Bye.